the Beatitudes are divided into two sections. The first four uh, show a progression into a deep personal relationship with God. And then the last, uh, five through eight, show how that is evidenced through us to the world. And so uh, we're kind of wrapping up today, uh, looking at uh, the progression that we go through as we enter into the kingdom of God. First of all, and I want to just kind of rehash how we are blessed. You know, he says, blessed are you. If he says, blessed are those who uh, are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then he goes on and he says in each one of these that you are blessed. And I want to just kind of lift up the blessing side of it this morning. Uh, First of all, We're blessed when we realize our need for a right relationship with God. You know, that's a real blessing whenever you come to the realization as to what's really wrong in your life. You know, the St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless, O God, till they find their rest in Thee. And many people can go through their entire lives wondering what's wrong, wondering what's wrong with me, what's wrong with everybody around me, uh, but just why aren't things right? And it's because the most important element of their life is missing, and that is a deep personal connection with their Creator. Well, uh, this is... uh, Well, it manifested in different ways, but uh, until you know you have a need and until you're willing to admit that you have a need, you can't begin to do anything about it. I remember Dave Wilkerson telling us one time about how he was walking along with a young man who kept saying, you know, I have the, I just keep, I can't get rid of the, the symptoms of a headache. And Dave said he just kept on talking about having the symptoms of a headache. And Dave Wilkins got tired of listening to the symptoms of a headache stuff. He said, hey, young man, I want you to just make up your mind. Do you have a headache or not? If you have a headache and you'll say, I have a headache, we can either pray for you or get you some aspirin. But until you admit you have a headache, we can't do anything about it. And so uh, he had to admit what was going on instead of just skirting around it. So, uh, and uh, anyway, so that's one of the things, whenever you admit you have a need, that's whenever something can be done about it. And so it is with God. Until you admit that you need him, until that point, you're not going to do anything about it. We're blessed when we realize that. We're blessed when we can mourn Uh, what we've done to God and to ourselves and to others. Because whenever we realize how wrong we have been, then we can start seeing how we can have things different than they've been before. I can remember realizing just the train, the trail of pain and uh, 
uh, deception and all that I'd left behind myself and the affront to God that I'd been up to a certain point in my life. And I remember thinking I'd wasted so much time being separated from Him and my life not being what God intended for it to be. And I just would pray about the Lord. I just have lost so much time. I don't know how to make it up. And finally the Lord said, Joel, be quiet. That's not lost time. It's time when you were lost. Some of you may be going through the same thing. You may uh, recognize and realize that there are things in your past that you grieve, that you wish that you had never done. And the Lord is saying, anything I was holding against you on account of that, I took care of on the cross. I paid the price for it. Yes, it's still there. Yes, you still have the memory. But the memory is there so that you can't throw stones at other people. The memory is there so you can't look down your nose at anybody. The memory is there not so you can hurt but so that you can help because there are other people right now that are going through the same thing. They're in the same pit that you were in and they need a hand reaching down to help them up. You are blessed when you can mourn because then you can wind up being comforted and move on instead of being just hindered by your past. You grieve it and you move on. We're blessed when we realize that God's way is the best way. We can spend so much of our lives trying to uh, make things uh, be different. We can reinvent the wheel over and over and over again, and we can uh, try to do different things and never do the right thing until we finally come to the Lord. I watch people go through life seeking, trying, and missing the whole point of what their life is all about because they haven't come to that place where they are meek, recognizing and realizing that they need to be submissive to God's will, that they need to see His Word as a light to their path and a lamp to their feet. You know, I ran across this the other day. You know, this is uh, the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instruction before leaving earth. This is your manual. And until you recognize that, and uh, instead of going through it looking for truth, realize this is truth. And it points the way to the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said it all points to me. And so uh, until you recognize that, you can, you can actually uh, use the Bible to justify anything you want to rationalize if you go at it the wrong way. But whenever you let Him speak to you through His Word, and then you are willing to do what He wants you to do, life gets to be good. And that brings us to the point that he makes today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Michael W. Smith has a song. He wrote a song 
then I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll bless you without singing or about with not singing. But the words pretty well sum up what someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is about. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. This is the air I breathe. And I, I'm desperate for you. And I, I'm, I'm lost without you. That is the heart of someone who is hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You don't hunger and thirst after religiosity or religion. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness is hungering and thirsting after being into a, being in a right relationship with God. And consulting with Him, being with Him, being in His very presence, talking with Him daily, uh, praying without ceasing, it's become such a natural thing. It's like eating or drinking. And when you don't do it for a while, you've got to do something about it. Just like if you don't eat or drink for a while, your body lets you know you need to do something about it. Well, if you get out of a right connection with God, your soul lets you know that you need to do something about it. And you're not happy anymore unless you are with him the psalmist david said it in a couple of different ways one way he said is thy loving kindness is better than life and there are places where it says just cast not or you know don't withhold your presence from me let your face shine upon me you know if uh you're in a relationship with someone your conduct is going to be such that you're going to be trying to preserve the relationship. You're not going to want to offend that person. You're not going to want to hurt that person. If it comes to your wife, men, you're going to want to let them know that you care about them, that you worship them, that you think they're just the greatest thing in the world. And you're not going to want to cause them pain or to grieve them. And so it is with those who hunger and thirst or thirst after righteousness. They want to cultivate and stay in that wonderful relationship with God. And yes, just like all the rest of them, it has its own reward. The reward is built in. All of a sudden, your life is what it should be. The thing is, when you uh, start living in a right relationship with Him, all of a sudden, death isn't scary anymore. Because instead of being something to be feared, it's just a step closer to the one that you adore and that you love. Cancer isn't something to be feared anymore. Because you know that your God is going to be with you 
even as you go through it. And he'll either bring you out on the other side or he'll take you home to him. Things that are so scary in this world all of a sudden don't hold any fear for you anymore. And you become stable in mind and in heart. You know, it says in Scripture, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, just the opposite. Once you become single-minded, and that means focusing your life on the path that God wants it on. Whenever you become single-minded, all of a sudden, your whole life becomes stable. It may not look stable to other people around you. It may look like you're walking on jello or pudding or something, but you will have peace in your heart every step that you take. You'll have a clear conscience. You won't go to sleep worrying about something that's a consequence of something you've done anymore. Your relationships will be what they should be. And if not, it's not your fault because you've done everything that you could to do your part in the relationship. And if you've done your part, then that's enough. And they can either like you or not. And you can be okay with that. Because the one that you really want to gain approval from is your Heavenly Father. And as long as He's smiling on you, everything's the way that it should be. You see, this gets addictive. And when you get to this point, you're hooked. And you never want to be away from Him again. Because you're blessed with His presence and His power and His purpose. The Lord wants that for us. He wants it for us desperately. And the reason why is because He loves each one of you so much. And that's what we remember this morning. You know, it says in John 3.16, say it with me, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. That means life with Him in the here and now and life in the hereafter as well. Your life doesn't stop when your heart quits beating. It keeps on going. And you have that confidence and that assurance. And it's bought with a price. And that's what we remember this morning. It was that he wanted to love, he wanted to have that relationship with you, that right relationship with you so badly that everything that you feel he might be holding against you, he died on the cross for, he paid the price for. And this morning, as you come to the Lord's table, if you've been thinking that there's something that God is holding against you, it's only because you haven't received the forgiveness that he's offered through his precious blood. He paid the price so that he could have a wonderful relationship with you. And so this morning, as you come and you kneel and, in, and we remember, as we remember just how much he loves us, let's leave all those things here at the altar. 
all those things you think he's holding against you, just bow and say, thank you, Jesus. You died for that. Thank you that I'm free from the guilt. Thank you that I'm free from the pain. Thank you that this is the first moment of the rest of my life. And how could I not want to spend it with you? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.